And today I want to do something um, traditional and I want to do something non-traditional. I want to talk today about the beautiful Christmas story. We're going to read out of Matthew chapter 1 today. And, and I'm going to do my best to give you just one big important thought. One thought. Something that I want you to walk out of here that is being able to be remembered in deep down into your heart and deep down into your soul. Because I know that so many of you today are facing something that you didn't plan. You know, we've said it around here, there's the life that you planned and then there's the life that happened. And I want to kind of even change that a little bit today to say, there's the life that you planned. Tell your neighbor today, say, there's the life that you planned. And then turn to your other neighbor and say, and then there's the life that God shows up in. There's the life you planned and then there's the life that God shows up in. And it's a little bit different oftentimes. So I want to read in Matthew chapter 1 today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read just a few verses. And we're going to kind of unpack this a little bit. And you may wonder why people are standing. We stand in honor of God's word. We can stand at a football field and yell for some people in spandex that we don't even know. But we can definitely stand for an honor of reading of God's word. We used to do something. <laughs> we should bring it back. We were watching those videos of all the history when we were looking up stuff for Pastor Jared's birthday and we used to do this when Pastor Danny would say we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 1 people would go woo so let's just try that because we celebrate the word of God we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 1 today man let's bring it back bring it back Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 through 23 says this, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I want to preach to you today and talk to those of you today from my title, which may be a statement that you've probably said or you're even saying right now. And I want you to tell your neighbor my, my title today. Say, this isn't what I planned. I turn to your other neighbor. Say, this isn't what I planned. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this beautiful Christmas season that we get to come together to celebrate your birth. The Savior who came to save and, and die on a cross for the sins of the world so that we can have a relationship with you, God. 
I pray today, Lord, that we would push aside the noise, we would push aside the distractions, we would push aside maybe anything that we may be feeling in this moment to keep our eyes focused on you today, to remember the reason for this season, that you came to bring people together and you came to reconcile us with you, God. So Lord, I pray that your word would penetrate our hearts today, that it would leave us changed, that we would be transformed by your word. Your word is truth. Your word is the absolute truth. There is no other word that can come against your word. There is no, there, there is no enemy that can say something that will come against your word, but God, your word is something that we will stand as a foundation. We pray, Lord, today that you would speak to us in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said a big amen. Amen. Give someone a hug in this Christmas spirit and before you're seated. Some of you are like, y'all hug a lot in this church. <laughs> Have you ever had a time in your life where you met someone who seems to be like the Kobe Bryant of planning? Like anybody know who I'm talking about? Like, like they, there's like their planners. Like they had their Christmas done in July. Like, you know, those kind of people. We hate those people. No, we don't hate those people. But how many of you, okay, let's just take a poll for a minute. Planners versus non-planners in the room today. How many of you, you, you had Christmas done like months ago. Like months ago, you were done with Christmas. You're a planner. Maybe, maybe even, let's just say in the last 30 days, it's already been done. You had them, how many had them wrapped? Like you planned it out. You knew it was going to be several. Okay, how many of you are still shopping because you're not a planner? <laughs> Any non-planners in the room? You're like, you know what? We're going to hit Walgreens up after church today and we're going to see what we can find. That happened one year in our family. It was awesome. That candle stick was beautiful. Um, but in all seriousness, I'm, I'm pretty sure that some of you here today, you didn't plan for the season that you're facing right now. You didn't plan to be job hunting. You didn't plan to be separated this Christmas. You didn't plan to have that medical issue and that doctor's report. You didn't plan to maybe have an empty chair as you sit around the table to have your Christmas meal with your family. You didn't plan on saying what you said. You didn't plan on doing what you did. You didn't plan on losing what you lost. You see, sometimes in life when things don't go the way we plan and there's a change of plans, it can really rattle your faith. It can really shake you up a bit. Why? Why is this happening, God? Why is this going on? I did not plan for this. This is not what I planned. You see, as we look at the story of Jesus and, and the birth of Jesus today, I, I want to do something today. I, I want us to be able to imagine what isn't recorded, but what likely happened. Like the conception of Jesus is, is summed up in about three paragraphs. We read it just a second ago. And like if we were to sum up your year of 2023 in three paragraphs, you would only be able to hit the high points. You'd only be able to talk about a few key things and there would be so many details that we wouldn't know. We would, we would miss. So I want to have a little fun today. This isn't theologically maybe correct, but something like this we can imagine has happened. We, let's imagine today what might have happened 
Because there's so much that we don't know. Like we don't really know how Mary and Joseph met. We don't really know about that. Well, why don't we just take a moment, let's just imagine today, maybe how this story would have played out. You got the teenage girl, Mary. She was on her way to youth group at the synagogue. She joined, it was a Wednesday night. She loved the Lord. She loved going to the synagogue. She loved going to church. And so she showed up at the synagogue ready for youth group and hanging out with all of her friends. And, and then there was another student there who is a couple of years older. His name is Joey. Now, Joey just so happened to be preaching that day. He was a student. He was a student leader and he was preaching the word of God. And, and Mary couldn't help notice how funny he was. He was engaging. He was passionate. He was kind of cute, she thought. He was preaching about maybe the Messiah who was coming. He was talking about what the prophet was saying in Isaiah. And she could just see the passion all over his face. She could see how much he really loved God. And not only was he interesting, not only was he maybe a little bit charismatic, not only was he confident, he had a job. He made furniture, you know, because the last guy that she she was was seeing was unemployed, living in his mother's basement and was addicted to his PS5. And, and Mary, Mary's a little into him, but Mary really doesn't know is Joey like like they made eye contact while he was preaching. And it was like he was trying to preach and then he got a little distracted and he was like, I got to go back to what Isaiah the prophet said because he wasn't sure anymore. But Mary's a little into him maybe. And after, after he preached, she kind of got down and maybe they exchanged a few words. And, but she's not really sure. Is Joey into her? Well, Joey was into her. And all week went by. And he could not get her out of his mind. She, he was praying, Lord, if this is the one, like, like he, he's like, I got to say something. He's trying to build up the courage. And so Joey next week at youth group builds up the courage and he walks up to Mary and, and he's like, Mary, why don't we go get some coffee? Let's go get some coffee. And Mary's a little curious. Is this like a friend thing that we're going to do? Or is this a date thing that we're going to do? You know, we got to, we got to get some clarity on this. And so they go to the, you know, the Nazareth coffee shop because they want to keep it local. <laughs> and they begin to kind of like over time, maybe they develop some relationship and he's buying her flowers. And one day he decides like he's going to pop the big question. They've been, they've been dating for a little while. They, they've kind of come together and he, he's been saving all of his furniture sale money. And he's going to go and he's going to buy this really nice rock from the jeweler. So he sets it all up, he buys the rock, he gets the photographer, you know, like, like the, the, they have their awesome, you know, iPhone 15 Pro ready to take and he's hidden on the hidden path of the desert land and, 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 and Joey has got all of his friends and all of her friends, they're hiding in the bushes, they got the sparklers ready. And he's walking her down on this journey and they're walking down the path and he's trying to pose because he wants to look good for Instagram. And he takes her on this journey and he, and he gets down on one knee and, and he's looking her in the eye and she's like, this is it. She's crying and, and he's like trying to get his words out and he asks her, will you marry me? And she's like, yes. And so they begin to post the engagement photo with the ring, you know, out like that so we can show it. And now the planning begins. The planning begins for the wedding. We got to have a big wedding, but we don't want to have too big of a wedding because we don't want no drama. 
Because we all know there's drama at weddings and she don't want to. Mary was a person who didn't want any drama. And so Mary and Joseph, they're, they're super committed to God, though. Like super committed. They are faithful. And all while maybe those other teenagers like to fool around, Mary and Joseph, they had a plan. And their plan was to save themselves to not be intimate until they get married. They had a plan. They were committed to God. And then they had a plan together. They were like, you know, we're going to have a family. We're going to have a boy first and then a girl. Because that's what we do. And, but they, they, they also build a plan. They're like, you know, we want to build a house. But we got to go through FPU because we want to be debt free. So they signed up for FPU and, and Mary, she's like, you know what? I want to stay home with the kids while you work and I'm going to build our family from home and I'm going to take care of the house and, and we're going to do all that. We're going to build our business, this furniture business. It's going to be bigger than Ashley Furniture. We're going to call it Joey and Mary's Furniture. They want to open their own store one day and they've got all this plan together. They see their life, how it's going to go. They planned it all out. They've got their vision board and they are so excited. And then one day, Mary's on her way with her pitcher going to get some water from the water well. And an angel appears. And he says, you're going to conceive a son, Mary. And Mary's like, but how? I've never been with a man. How am I, how am I going to be pregnant? How is this possible? And the angel tells her, well, it's going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Mary, she loves God. She's committed to God. And when God says that, her response to God was, may it be done unto me according to your word. And now this has happened. She cannot wait to tell Joseph. She's so excited. An angel came to me. God chose us. And we're going to have a baby. And it's going to be the Messiah. And Joseph's just going to be so excited. And then we get to verse 18 and 19, where basically for the lightest way that I can say it, something hits the fan and everything goes crazy. Matthew 18, or chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of the story of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. A whole lot has happened. But we get to 19. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. And yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. So she has decided to have the conversation with Joseph. She's so excited. She can't wait to tell Joseph. And she goes up to Joseph and says, Joseph, you won't believe what happened. I was out getting water for us. And when I was out getting water, an angel came to me and he told me I'm going to be pregnant. And I am, I am with child and I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And like any man would do is say, where he at? I'm going to take him out. But Joseph is devastated. She thought he was going to be excited. And Joseph's devastated. Like imagine this in modern day. Your engaged wife coming to you and say, oh, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. You just make it up for all your bad mistakes. No, yeah, right. How is this even possible? Joseph is devastated. He's embarrassed. He's already made the non-refundable deposit on the Garden Inn for the wedding chapel. The invitations have already gone out. What will he tell his parents? What is he going to tell his friends? This is worse than public humiliation. This is like personal betrayal. 
Think about this for a moment. Put yourself in these shoes. He trusted her. He loved her. He planned to spend the rest of his life with her. And now what? Now what's going to happen? Culture back in the day, once you were engaged, it was no different than being married. And in order to break off your engagement, you actually had to file for divorce. Like, like this wasn't like... This wasn't like we're dating and we're practicing marriage. No, this was like once you had been assigned to be married, your families have come together. There was a dowry. There was a whole deal. Once you made the decision and you decided to break it off, it was no different than being married and getting a divorce. And so now Joseph, he cannot believe this. Imagine Mary, though, for a moment. She's like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I, I, I did what was right, Joseph. And now she's pregnant and now Mary's all alone and she's broken. And she's like, God, I said yes. And now Joseph hates me. Everyone's going to think I'm a horrible person. Think about the rumors that are going to happen. What people are going to say about me. This isn't what I had planned. And you see, this is exactly where some of you are right now. You're trying to provide a good Christmas maybe this year for your family, but maybe something as simple as your car broke down just a few weeks ago and now you don't know how you're gonna buy the Christmas presents. You're trying to figure this all out. Maybe, maybe you had an opportunity and you decided to take a different job and this was gonna be a good job for your family and it was gonna be a good move, it was more money, it was all these great things, but you were the last one in and now they, the, the, the job has to downsize and so now you're the first one out and now you're jobless and you don't have a job. This isn't what I planned. Maybe you, you got married one day and you, you said all the I do's. You said, I, 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 will, I will be faithful to you in sickness and in health, in every situation. But, but I promise to, to, to live with you and be faithful to you as long as I live. But yet one or, or both of you did not stay faithful to what you committed. And now you're living a life that this isn't what I planned. Maybe you raised your kids the best way you could. Somehow they're rebelling in a massive way and you're like, this isn't what I planned. I didn't ask for migraines and I've got migraines. I didn't ask to battle depression and I'm battling depression. I didn't ask. I didn't plan on losing my scholarship, but I lost my scholarship. I didn't plan on getting injured. I didn't plan on that doctor's report. This isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I planned. And I want to give you today the one thought that I want you to get into your soul and I want you to write this down and I want you to get it tattooed on your heart today. This is the one thought I wanna drive home in this entire sermon and that's this. You don't have to understand the plan to trust God has a purpose. Amen. Proverbs 19 is very clear about this. It says many are the plans in a person's heart but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans in our heart. We got a lot of plans, but let me tell you, it will be the Lord's purpose that will always prevail. You may not see it, but it, the Lord's purpose will always prevail. Mary and Joseph's plans are wrecked. They were planning to be married. They were planning on this, this beautiful wedding. And now what? What are they going to do? What are people going to say? And then we get to Matthew chapter one, verse 20, and it says, but after he had considered this, this is Joseph. 
says an angel of the Lord. What did he consider? He considered divorcing her, leaving her, but he didn't want to do it publicly because he didn't want to disgrace her because he loved her, but he's broken and he's mad and he's depressed and he's sad and he feels betrayed, but he wants to do it right, but he loves God's law and he doesn't know what to do. It says after he had considered all those things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And Joseph's like, wait, what? So everything that she said, God, like that, that, that's, that's real, that's true. And the angel's like, yeah. And then God shows us his purpose in verse 21. Matthew 1, 21, she will give birth to a son. And you will give him the name Jesus. Because, and here is the purpose of God. Through this whole moment, through the wrecking of plans that they have had, through all the things that they had planned to do, and God showed up in a moment, this was the purpose. Because he will save his people from their sins. And you can only imagine Joseph's response. So God, you're in on this? Like you mean to tell me you've got purpose in my pain? Like I'm feeling wrecked and God, you know, you know what the plan is. And I can only imagine God whispering to Joseph in that moment saying, I know it doesn't feel good, but let me tell you, my ways are higher. My thoughts, my purposes are different than your plans. You see, sometimes God's greatest invitations feel like our worst interruptions. The angel said to Mary when he came to her, his exact words were, Hail Mary, you who were highly favored with God. And Mary, who had favor with God, went through hell, was then ostracized, was then alienated. We, we often think that favor with God looks like us getting that car that we wanted. It looks like getting that job that we have been praying for and we hope we would get. And sometimes that may be true. But sometimes, can I tell you today, favor with God looks like pain. Sometimes favor with God looks like people rejecting you rather than embracing you. Sometimes favor with God looks like being ridiculed instead of being liked. Sometimes favor with God looks like pain rather than it does peace. God often interrupts our plans with his purpose. I can remember many times in my life where this happened. I can remember as a, as a teenage boy wanting to do anything, like everything that a teenage boy would want to do and, and, and being and play, being somebody in sports and I played football, I played b baseball, I tried basketball, didn't quite work out. I tried track. I was okay. I was fast because I was good at running from Nana Jew, so that helped me. But as I was pursuing this, I had a dream. I wanted to play sports. I wanted to go to college. I had my own dream in mind. And my junior year, I busted my left knee out for the entire season, playing church softball, by the way. I did 
I was safe, though, on second base. I just want to make that clear. I hit it to right field, ran. They tried to tag me. They couldn't. I jumped. Bad jump. Landed. Landed wrong. I still was safe, though. And then I called timeout. My mama was screaming. That's my baby! But I busted my left knee out the whole season. I thought, senior year, I'm going to give it another try. I play some of the season, bust my right knee. And I'm like, God, what, what, what am I going to do now? I want to go to college. I'm trying to send in and apply at all these colleges, and I got no footage. I can't show them nothing. Can't get in. So I decide, you know what? I'm still going to try it my way. I'm not going to do God's way. I'm going to go to college. I'm going I'm to be an architect. And then God intervenes again, and he shows up, and he interrupts my plans. And then I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do, and I'm going to go to Bible college, and I'm going to surrender my will, and I'm going to do your will, and I'm going to go to Bible college, and I get to Bible college, and then God interrupts me again, and I have a teacher that tells me that I'll never be a preacher. And I'm like, God, you sent me here. This isn't what I planned. Now I'm doing what I'm doing today. And I can remember my year seven and eight in my marriage. When we went through hell and it was so painful and we were on the road to not making it. We were on the road to filing for that big D word. God, but God purposed our pain. I didn't plan for that. It's not what I wanted, but God purposed our pain and he brought us closer together. And now things are better than they've ever been. And now there is a love that abounds and we got four children. I'm telling you, I had plans. But thank God he interrupted my plans with his purpose. So now we see the story where it's time for Mary to give birth. They've been going through this journey. And instead of some nice home birth with a midwife, a census was given. They now had to leave where they were and they had to go back to their hometown because they have to give an account for them being there like a census is given in our own city. And so now she's going into labor and she's traveling on a donkey. This isn't what any mom would picture of their birth plan. I want to be at home or I want to be in the hospital. Give me the juice. I don't want to feel nothing. So they're traveling and she's on a donkey and she's in pain and all the bouncing and they're in a desert and rocky mountains and all the things and they, they get to their city and they try to find a hotel and inn. They're trying to, the, the midwife's not with them, they're by themselves and every place they go, nope, we don't have a place. Nope, we don't have a place. And Joseph's in trouble. He didn't make the Airbnb, Airbnb reservations like he was supposed to. Now they've got to find this only place it's like a cave, a stable, where all these, somebody's farm animals, and now they have to give birth to the Savior of the world next to a goat. Not realizing that he was going to be the greatest of all time. And now, baby Jesus is born. But here's the thing. There's a king who wants him dead. And so now the mother, terrified of what might happen to her newborn son, now they're on the run. Think about this for a moment. They're thinking, this isn't what we planned. Like, like we were supposed to have a nice birth and in our house, and it's the savior of the world, it's supposed to be beautiful. He's our king, he's our Messiah, and he's born in a stable, in a manger, next to some farm animals. It stunk probably really bad. And now there's a king who wants to kill him on the run 
as you kind of follow a little bit of what we know about their journey and of, of, of Jesus's life, this happens as far as we know all the way up to the cross. Think about it, Mary, the girl who three decades earlier who said, yes, God, I will do what you asked me to do, looks at her son nailed to a cross, stripped naked, beaten beyond recognition, not even recognizable. And she's looking at her son saying, this isn't what I had planned. And all while the suffering is happening, while people are spitting and mocking and, and, and yelling at Jesus, mocking him, oh, the king of the Jews. Jesus says some statements and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. And then he takes a painful, one of his last painful breaths and he says, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And he breathes his last breath and he sighs out the last bit of oxygen. And his mother watches him die. I can only imagine the agony of watching your baby boy be slaughtered like an animal. This isn't what Mary had planned. This was supposed to be something beautiful. This was the king. This is the Messiah. It's the savior. God sent his son. It should come with royalty. And it came with everything but that. To our eyes, we, didn't, we wouldn't see any of that. But you don't have to understand the plan when you trust that God has a purpose. The story of Christmas, no one could have planned. Nobody would have imagined. No one could have. God became his own creation. He became man, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born and wrapped in swaddling clothes, the same clothes that were used to prepare people for burial, maybe foreshadowing that our Savior was born to die and to rise again. See, Mary and Joseph had a plan. God had a purpose. What's that purpose, you ask? You. You were that purpose. You may not have planned this, the thing that you're going through, but I'm here to tell you today that what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it for good, and that God can make a purpose through what wasn't planned. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God had a purpose so if you mean for me to be right with God I need to be good no Jesus was good you mean I need to make a sacrifice I need to offer a sacrifice like they did in the Bible no Jesus was that sacrifice you mean to tell me I need to be righteous like I don't know if I can do that no 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 he was righteous for you if you're one of those people today who who've, maybe you've had a change of plans, maybe right now things are, are really difficult, I'm not going to tell you for a moment that your pain isn't real. Because sometimes it just hurts. And sometimes you just don't understand. Sometimes you just ache and you just want to cry out, God, what is going on? This isn't what I planned. 
going to tell you right now, because of the goodness of God, because of his sovereignty, because of who he is, you don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. And on this Christmas, as we've talked about the birth of Jesus, please understand that Mary and Joseph were people just like you and me who had a plan. But I thank God that he interrupted their plan with his purpose because that purpose was for you and that purpose was for me. I want to pray for those of you right now that are facing probably one of the most difficult times in your life and you're crying out the statement, this isn't what I planned. With every eye closed across this room, if you're facing a season right now where you're like, this isn't what I planned. I didn't ask for this. This isn't what I wanted. I had a different plan. I don't know how how I got here. Yeah, maybe there's some decisions that you could have made. Yeah, maybe you could have done some things different. But whatever it is, you're here now. And I'm here to tell you that God can get a purpose through you in this season. So if that's you in this this moment right now, whether you're in this room or you're watching from the other side of the screen, with every every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, that's me. I want you to pray for me. I just want you to lift your hands and say, that's me. Facing a season right now that this isn't what I planned coming around this season and I've got heartache and I didn't plan to have this heartache I didn't I don't know how I got here I am but I'm here I just want to pray for you today father I pray for every single person with their hand up whether physically spiritually in this room on the other side of a screen for every person that feels broken every person who is hurting every person who feels confused and who's grieving that today that people will put their faith in you, Jesus. That they will be able to recognize that you have a far greater purpose than anything that we could ever imagine. That we would place our trust in you. To understand that we don't have to, we don't have to understand the plan. To trust that you have a purpose eyes still closed as we continue to pray nobody looking around there may be many of you right now if I were to simply ask you do you know Jesus your response might would be and you'd probably honestly say I know of Jesus but I really don't know him you see we've all done some horrible things in life We've all made some mistakes that we're not happy with. And the truth is that our sin is what separated us from God. But God sent his son. And this is why the Christmas story matters. The story of Jesus is called the gospel. What does the gospel mean? The gospel simply means the good news. This is the good news that God had a purpose. That God loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, who was born and lived without sin so that he could come and become the perfect sacrifice on the cross for both you and I. And he died for our sins. And on 
the third day the stone was rolled away and he wasn't there why because Jesus has rose from the dead why because God had a purpose so that anyone and that includes you that no matter who you are no matter what you've done no matter how dark your life has been anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord the Bible says will be saved and will be forgiven that there are many of you, you you had a plan. You said, you know, I'll do that church thing. I'm gonna go, I'll go with my family and I'll do that church thing. I'll I'll watch this deal on the computer. You had a plan. You recognize in this moment, I think I may be part of a bigger purpose. I'm supposed to be here because God wants me and he wants all of me. have a choice today just like Mary she said yes may it be done according to your word yes God I give you my life yes I I want your will I want to do what you have said across this room and across this stream right now I believe that there are those of you you recognize that you need his grace you need his salvation that you need his forgiveness and today I want to give you the greatest opportunity greatest invitation that's ever been given to simply say yes Jesus I turn from my sins and I turn towards you for those of you today who want to make that decision who say right now in this moment yes I recognize that I am part of a bigger purpose and I'm here to say yes Jesus I need your grace I want to give you my life I want to I want you to forgive me of my sins I want you to make all things new if that's what you came to do then I want all of that and if that's your prayer today if that's what you want to say to God today then I want you in this moment with every eye closed every head bowed I want you to shoot your hand up as high as you can and say yes pastor that's me I want to accept Jesus I want him in my life I I need his grace I need his salvation this isn't what I planned but God if you have a purpose I want to walk in your purpose because with your favor comes your blessings and comes your forgiveness you see that's me pastor pray for me I want Jesus in my life I want to accept him just lift your hand high thank you Jesus thank you Jesus I see those hands and God sees those hands I had a plan but God had a purpose purpose was you. Just lift them high. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You could put your hands down. I want us to pray a prayer today. Where our ears can hear ourselves across this room, we're going to say it out loud. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Today I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. I accept you today as Savior And Lord, help me to walk with you. I believe that you rose from the grave for me, that you died for me, that you shed your blood for my sins. Wash me clean today. I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you. I put my hope in you. And even though I've had plans, Thank you for interrupting it with your purpose. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said a big amen today. Come on, can we celebrate with every person that raised their hand, that accepted Jesus? Come on, let's make some noise for all those people. 
You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. And he's got a purpose bigger than you can ever imagine. Well, hey, I wanted to say that those of you who made that decision just a second ago to accept Jesus, we are so proud of that decision. Church, can we welcome them one more time to the family of God? We're so proud of that decision.